Let you a question, and I hope that I am not uh, uh, treading on uh, theological quicksand here. But uh, the question is, and I would then like for you to respond to this later on. The question is, did Jesus' body and spirit die? Did Jesus' body and spirit die? And then uh, I'll, I'll uh, so as you ponder that, uh, uh, let me, I'll start here with a, a blurb that I came across that I just thought uh, uh, like captured the, the broad uh, spectrum of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the undeniable centering point of Christianity, the defining doctrine of our faith, and the most audacious claim in the history of the world. A God-man sent from heaven, crucified in the most public way, dead and buried in a rich man's tomb, which sepulcher was sealed with inscrutable security by the mighty military powers of the Roman Empire. And then a dead man who called himself Almighty God lives. The corporal person of Jesus Christ, Jesus of not like the physical person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, exists today. He is not buried. He lives in a resurrected physique. And even more astounding, because he lives, all who die with faith in him will also rise body joined to the soul. Okay, so on uh, 14 Nisan, AD 33, Jesus died outside the city walls of Jerusalem at a place called Golgotha at three o'clock. That's 1500 hours. And when the sun set on that fateful Friday evening, Jesus was dead. The moment of Jesus' death is described by all four of the gospel writers. Matthew and Mark do not record his actual words. Mark 1537, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Matthew 27 says he cried out with a loud voice. So whatever the words that Jesus uttered at his the point of death, think about this, they were loud. He shouted them. And so, so let's, let, let, let's let that reality sink in, that Jesus was divine, but he was human, and his body was hanging on a cross. And at the moment of his death, his final words were shouted. So I don't know if you have ever been present at time of someone's death when you look at is, are they still breathing? Has the breathing stopped? You know, what, in Jesus' case, there was a shout. Luke 23, 46 says some of the words that he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Did you know that he was quoting Psalm 31, 5? He didn't just like pull these words out of nowhere. He was quoting Psalm 31, 5. And if you read in the context of Psalm 31, 5, it's that there's a context of a faithful God who cares for us and he can be trusted. And this is what Jesus quoted. And then uh, uh, his last words were, it is finished. And you know, these, these words that we know so well, if I would have just posed to you the question, what were Jesus' last words? You would have responded, it is finished. So, and I'll, I'll suggest to you that Jesus didn't just say these words in the moment, just kind of at random. He said, it's finished. The, the it is finished is actually a theme throughout Jesus' ministry. And there's a sense in which we could say that from the time when Jesus first came, he was working toward this point where it would be finished. John 4.34, in that 
Uh, when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, remember how that the disciples had gone into the city to find food, and when they came back, Jesus was speaking to the woman. They were surprised, but then they they gave him something to eat, and Jesus said, I have meat to eat. I've basically said, I've got food that you don't know about. And they were wondering, well, like very earthbound, they were wondering, well, what, what did he eat? And he said that uh, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. After the Passover, that final Passover, the Last Supper, when Jesus was, uh, when, when Jesus and his disciples were on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and he prayed the the prayer that is recorded in John 17, like what we call the high priestly prayer. There he he said these words, and the essence of that is Jesus is saying, praying to God and saying that that uh, restore me with the glory that I had with you, like before I came to earth, and then he. Said, Said, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. This is conversation between God and Jesus and God. I finished the work that you gave me to do. And within hours, he was hanging on a cross and he said, it's finished. Cry, shout it, it's finished. So did Jesus' body and spirit die or was it just his body? Does anyone want to hazard an answer? Also, I'll, I'll suggest to you that, uh, and by the way, this is, I'm not a theologian, so I'm, I'm just kind of like winging this, but I'm, I'm going to suggest that it was Jesus' body that died and not his spirit. Well, how do we know that? Well, because of all the things that are recorded that Jesus did after he was buried. Who else do you, who else do we know about after they're buried? You read about the things that he did. So he, his body, not his spirit died, and he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. So it was his body that was stabbed with a spear. His hands and feet were nailed to the cross and bleeding. His back was raw and bleeding because of the Roman whip. His head was bleeding because of the crown of thorns, but his body died and not his spirit. Actually, if you stop to think about it, think about in after the crucifixion, how much of the story revolves around his body. And they took his body down and they buried his body in a tomb. And on the, that early morning, the, and, and they set a guard to the tomb because they said, the, the, the Jewish leader said, someone will come and steal his body. And then everyone will think that he rose from the dead. And uh, the women were coming to anoint his body. It was all about Jesus' body. And of course, death could not hold his body. So, Jesus had the awfulest time persuading his disciples that it was his body that was raised from the dead. You know, it's recorded, and John in particular records it. That's the one that, that the, the incident that comes to mind where, where, uh, the disciples were hiding away in the upper room, and then Jesus appears there with them. And they thought it was a spirit. I mean, he just, like, the door didn't open. He was just there with them. So there's a sense in which you could say, well, okay. And Jesus said, uh, actually, touch my wounds. They, they, they didn't, they actually didn't. It doesn't record that they did, but he said, touch, touch my wounds. I'm, I'm here. And then remember the, uh, the, that incident when they were in Galilee and they were fishing. They thought they, and they saw him said he was a spirit and they, and he said, do you have something to eat? Give me something to eat. You know, this idea that, that no, this is just a spiritual manifestation was something that, that, uh, 
that he had to overcome. So they, and, and remember Thomas, Thomas who said, I won't, but by the way, I'm going to suggest that we should not be quite so harsh with Thomas for his doubting. He was actually in, in the, in the, in the moment there. It was a very credible question. And Thomas had, so when the disciples told him, I mean, think of the air in which, the, the, the air that they were breathing at that time when uh, there in Jerusalem, Jesus' body disappeared. Did he rise from the dead? He would appear. And, and, and now they were the ones who had, when, when Jesus turned the water into wine, they drank the wine. When Jesus turned, uh, like fed the 5,000, they ate the bread. So this was like, this was a very physical, there were like physical manifestations. And so Thomas said, Thomas who had eaten the bread said, I can't believe this unless I actually touch those wounds, unless I see it. And so here's the theme of what I want to, to wrap things up with this morning is how that Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who not seeing yet believe. Blessed are those who not seeing yet believe. You know, it's quite an, one thing to just quote scriptures about the resurrection. And by the way, I'm not thinking that I have to persuade you this morning about the reality of the resurrection. I think this is a group that, that is persuaded already. But I, so what I would like to now, the, the, I'd like to ask you, what difference does it make that Jesus rose again and his body arose. What difference does that make for us today? I suggest that there are no, uh, there, there's a, a number of things, but, uh, and, and I'll start out by seeing, by just asking this, uh, where is Jesus now? What does the Bible say? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Remember Stephen who, and the moment of his death, he looked up into heaven and he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So he's up there in in heaven. What's he doing? Making intercession for us. Hebrews 9.24 tells us that. What else is he doing? Think John 14, preparing a place for us. Here's something else he's doing that's recorded in Hebrews 1.3. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. Is that a, is that a reality? The, the universe, the world is held together. And it's, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's uh, interceding for us, preparing a place. Also, Psalm, uh, I think here's a reality. Uh, Psalm 46.1 says that Jesus is a very present help in time of trouble. So uh, what difference does, does it make that Jesus is alive, that he was raised from the dead, that his body was raised from the dead? In uh, Think, think uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and that whole... That where the Corinthians were, and they're basically Paul is writing to the Corinthians because it's it, evidently they did not believe that there would be a bodily resurrection, and he explained to them that uh, you know sown in weakness, raised in power, that whole series of, of thoughts, to, and he said essentially that you'll be that we will be. I always think this is quite uh, quite an interesting uh, way to think about our bodies being buried that we are planted. You're like planted and then will be raised or it will grow and be raised. And, uh, and then he even answers the question, but what about those who will be alive? In the twinkling of an eye, you'll be changed. And then our bodies will be united. And I don't, I, I'm not sure if we'll eat in heaven or not. Jesus ate while well, after his resurrection on earth, but that's not the point. The point is that there is a Christian hope where we will 
will be raised from the dead after we die and have our eternal existence. So Jesus' body died and was raised again. Okay, uh, I'm going to pause here just a moment. Is there anybody that wants to... So, so let me just ask the, again ask this question. What difference does it make that Jesus is alive? Any responses? Death came into the world through sin, and he defeated death. Mm-hmm. Death came into the world through sin, and Jesus defeated death. Because he died and rose again, we don't have to die. We can live forever. The same power that raised Jesus raises us up in a new life. Anything else? Any other thoughts? At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, after he's talking about the um, resurrection, Paul tells us to always abounding in the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. For our labor is not in vain in the Lord. So yeah. that is a tough thought that the natural appendix to the resurrection is just to get busy. It's... <laughs> Great words. Great words. Christ's resurrection guarantees ours. We have direct access. Okay, thank you for your responses. And uh, so let me, let me end here by reading again the blurb that I opened with. Uh, by the way, I also want, kind of in, in relation to what Byron said, uh, so think about that the resurrection, because of Jesus' resurrection, uh, we have a cause to die for. I mean, if Jesus' resurrection had not actually been been real, if the disciples had not been persuaded that that Jesus actually is this person that was among them, I mean, think John, First uh, John one, where where uh, John said that we are uh, we touched him, we heard him, we touched him, our hands handled the word of life. And why are we, and why are we, am I writing this? It's so I'm writing it so that you too might believe our witness. So we're among those that Jesus was talking about when he said, blessed are those who don't see but believe. But think of the difference between us and the disciples. We didn't actually see Jesus before his death. So we just believe that. The disciples actually saw him. They, they touched him. It was, a physical touching, and then they saw him buried, and then they touched him again. And you think that's a that's a reality that gripped their hearts and made it a cause to die for, which they did. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the undeniable centering point of Christianity, the defining doctrine of our faith, and the most audacious claim in the history of the world. A God-man sent from heaven, crucified in the most public way, dead and buried in a rich man's tomb, which sepulcher was sealed with inscrutable security by the mighty military powers of the Roman Empire, and then a dead man who called himself Almighty God lives. The person of Jesus of Nazareth exists today. He is not buried. He lives in a resurrected physique, and even more astounding, because he lives, all who die in faith in him will also rise body joined to soul. Therein lies the Christian hope. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you with, with grateful hearts. Oh God, we think of uh, how that you sent your Son to die for us. And in the fullness of times, he was born of a virgin 
lived here on this world, on this earth, was crucified and his body died and was buried and was raised from the dead. And therein lies our hope. And so we thank you that even though, thank you for this witness that is given through your word. So from those who actually saw Jesus before he died and after he died. And so we now believe even if we haven't seen him because of the, the spiritual reality that dwells in our hearts. So thank you for this hope for life eternal. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.